Hi, this is Bethany, your host of the Random Yogi Podcast, a weekly podcast about holistic living and physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, and of course, plenty of yoga and Ayurveda. We offer bonus episodes each month featuring yoga flows that you can do at home, as well as guided meditations. Thanks for joining us. Melissa, I'm so glad you're on the show today. Would you introduce yourself and just tell listeners a little about how you came to be you? (laughs) I am Melissa Romano. I go by Reclaiming Melissa on all of my socials. That is kind of a story in and of itself. My journey has been a long and somewhat gruesome one and also beautiful I think um Glennon Doyle said brutal beautiful and brutal and that's that's kind of how I got here uh 10 years ago or over 10 years 12 years ago now I started as a personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist and you know I really worked with people on the body aspect and then I got kind of fascinated like it we it's not about food and exercise then what is it And that sent me on this journey of self-exploration, which then turned into getting to know our mind and our spirit, as well as our body. And, you know, how we've been taken from ourselves, I think from very small childhood and indoctrinated with so many different things. And this reclaiming is not just it's an essence that's like the reclaiming of yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And I think that we have this innate power to heal. And the more that I learned about that, the more I wanted to teach it to everyone else too. And before I found you on TikTok, I had read a book about somatic healing. And the example it gave was that in the wild, animals don't suffer trauma or PTSD because they know how to discharge that energy. A a rabbit that's hunted will freeze. And if it survives, then it shakes it off and goes on. But we don't do that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that was revolutionary for me. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Trauma, you know, we we have a tendency to think that trauma is in the experience and trauma is in what happens in your, your body in that moment, what changes. And it, to what you just said, when we have a, our bodies are so intricately designed and when it has this prompting to carry out a survival response, and then we are otherwise prevented from carrying out that survival response, whether it is we're too small, right? You know, we're not able to fight or, you know, we're not able to run away or we, you know, we freeze and, and, and curl up in that ball. When we are unable to complete that survival response, that is what trauma, right? Trauma getting stuck in the body is like, and somatic experiencing, it doesn't even have to be in the you know, we, we look at the, the big T's, right. The big T traumas, the, the things that we all discuss and we all, if we heard it anywhere, we would know that is traumatic. That is trauma. It's also in the, every time that you had a knot in your throat and you swallowed it down every time that you felt the inclination to bolt and weren't able to, and every time, right. Every, every time that I, I look at it, like it's not always a stab wound. Sometimes it's a thousand paper cuts mm-hmm. and 
that it's the same presence when we're unable to be in our bodies and carry out those survivor responses. And as you said, discharge that energy, it, it just is stuck in there. And, and that's kind of where my journey was with, Hey, this is not about food and exercise. Like the weight that we are carrying around often is not measurable on a scale. And, you know, that reminds me, I remember reading once and telling someone else who was having trouble losing some weight, um, that our, our weight can protect us from environmental poisons and that when you don't need it anymore, your body will release it. But it never occurred to me that it could also be emotional and physical poisons that we're holding in our bodies until you just said that. And this is why I tell all my friends that you're brilliant, you're beautiful, and they have to follow you. And that's why I wanted you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm practicing receiving that. Um, (laughs) The, if you think of that experience, right, how many times you've had that knot in your throat, right? You have felt that knot and you have swallowed it down. Where do you think that it went? Mm. You know, and, and it's the same. I, I love when people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Like the, the, that's, that's not a real tangible thing. And, you know, I'm like, you just told me five seconds ago that someone made you feel like crap. How did they do that? That's energy. Like It's the same. It's the same. You felt it, you experienced it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of energy where we're swallowing it down, we're bearing it away, we're, we're tucking it down. Right. Where do you think it's going? Mm. And sometimes when people tell me that they're trying to let something go, like, oh, I just need to let that go. And I'm like, okay, where is it? Wow. Right. And they make the face that you just made. (laughs) They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, where, well, where is it? Where are you plucking it from? Right. And where, where are you taking it? And I think that that is more telling about what's happening inside of us. And, you know, it seems to me, and it could just be because I'm queuing into these people on TikTok and different things, different books I'm reading, but it seems to me for the first time in my life, and I'm in my mid forties, that we're actually realizing the mind body connection. Like we've had it hinted, but now people are like, no, that's in your body. So, and especially you and several others on TikTok have really driven that home to me in your content that no, this, where's the sensation in my body. And so I've been able to direct people to y'all and say, Hey, you need to figure out where this is. And what one thing I love about your content, and I do want to get more into why you chose reclaiming Melissa. But one thing I really appreciate about your content is the silent scream that you taught us that it can release the energy just like an out loud scream, but it doesn't scare my dogs. Um, the, the energy shielding that you taught us on TikTok, I, I told a friend about that because she'd had a very traumatic day at work. And I was like, no, no, look at this TikTok and create your energetic shield. And I loved how you explained it. And so she did, she texted me and she's like, I'm about to go in this meeting and I've got my purple pyramid on, you know? And, um, I, my followers know I was a victim of a crime, a minor crime, but still it was a very scary night two weeks ago. And when I got home the next day, I was really having trouble processing it. So what did I do? I went to your content and went, okay, where am I feeling this in my body? 
what does my body want? I ran in place. I did the silent scream about three times. And then I just shook like you showed us how to do. And then I was like, okay. And then I made a cup of rose and lavender tea. And I mean, it's still ongoing. I'm pressing charges and stuff like that, but now it's manageable because I let it out of my body. Thanks to you. Hmm. You really make a big difference. Thank you. I, I don't, you know, it's funny because I've done a lot of different, uh, in, in business groups or business coaching and, and there's so many things that I, in, in their, from their perspective through their lens, um, that I don't get, or that I'm not doing well because, you know, they're like, what's your elevator pitch? And I'm like, who's on the elevator? (laughs) (laughs) How many floors do we have? You know, where, where do they need help with? And, you know, that kind of thing. And the, the other aspect of that is that the idea, the concept of like holding back, like kind of holding information um, for that, you know, pay to play setup. And for me, I know so many different times in my life where that wasn't available to me to pay someone that wasn't an option for me to pay someone. And my theory is I will share every single thing that I know openly and wildly and screaming it from the rooftops. And if somebody's like, Hey, I'm still, and I, I get a lot of times, like I work with people in the same field or, or therapists or coaches that will say, Oh, I'm stealing that. And I'm like, but you don't have to steal it. <laughs> Take it, run with it. <laughs> Tell the whole world. I don't care. <laughs> and, and it, and it's genuinely because it, it's like, I use the example often of, I have always been able to swim they put me in the water when I was three years old and I could swim. And when I was a teenager, they're like, you should teach swimming lessons. It's a great way to make money. And I'm like, okay, I could not do it. I was like, uh, you know, these kids would get in the water and I'm like, uh, swim, like (laughs) swim. (laughs) And I think what makes me so equipped at teaching this stuff is that it is hard earned I know it personally, not just professionally. So I have a much easier time like, oh, here's the how. <laughs> Let me do it. <laughs> here's how you do it. Because I didn't just get in the water and be able to do it. Like I had to work hard for it. So it's that like, I just want to tell everyone. And, you know, if they, if they can pay me for it in some capacity, by all means, I'm willing to accept that too. But I'm going to tell everybody everything that I know all the time. Wow. So tell us about your handle reclaiming Melissa, because that also caught my attention when I was um, really, because seriously, I found your stuff and I just started binge watching your content and I love (laughs) that name. And I know there has to be a story behind it. You don't have to delve any further than you want, but can you tell us a little bit about how that came? Yeah, of course. I have been a lot of different people in a lot of different capacities. And typically that looked like being whoever everyone else needed me to be and whatever that needed to look like. And, you know, I I teach a lot about self-agency and self-agency is something that we have from infancy. We have the ability to think and cry and act in our own interest, right? When When I was hungry, I would cry because I needed fed. 
And if we continued on a healthy trajectory of that, right, if we have emotionally mature parents and if we are surrounded by people who allow that self-agency, if we kept on a healthy trajectory, we would end up with boundaries and self-autonomy and, you know, we would be able to flex our own self willpower and say, Oh, I, you know, me, myself at 13 years old, I would have been able to say, I, you know, I can flex my needs over my desires. However, that wasn't the case. I didn't have that. And that self-agency after infancy took a psychological backseat and I became an agent for everyone else. And I, my goal was if I could keep all of these people around me happy, I will be okay. If I can behave the way that they need me to, if I can, you know, act the way that they need me to. And I, and I continued that trajectory for, you know, at least the first two decades of my life, if not into the third. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of defense mechanisms and I, I was pretty rough around the edges and, you know, very much into hustle culture and pushing through it and all of those things. And again, that's what the people around me needed me to be. And I had my son in 2015 and it was like the calluses of my heart were rubbed raw. And I saw all of the different things around me that were like, this is not it. (laughs) I am, this is not it. I do not want you know, a mother's day card from this kid when he turns 18 that says, thank you for sacrificing everything for me. I wanted a mother's day card from this kid when he turns 18 that says, thank you for showing me how to live. And I was like, I can't do any of this anymore. And I got a divorce and I stopped talking to a bunch of people and I got, you know, and I was like, I, I have to reclaim me who I was designed to be and the the parts of me that I didn't even know yet and 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 that was like you know my nervous system I had lived in fight or flight for my entire life and I had hit that point of like I have figured out how to survive I can survive anything I've taught myself that I wanted to figure out how to live so that was the reclaiming Well, and I'm impressed. I love um, that there's several videos where your son is doing the silent scream with you. And my friend who'd had a traumatic time at work uh, works with children. And so I had told her about that as well. When I told her about the energy shield, I was like, you know, you should probably watch her just because these kids could probably use and benefit from some of these techniques like the silent scream. Um, So I just, I love your content because I think it's, First of all, it's helped me understand myself better. I've been on a healing journey this last year and your content has been like the cherry on top at the end of the journey. It's helped me understand my nieces and my nephews better. It's helped me to go, okay, we're all triggered. Let's silent scream together now. You know, I just, I think you are amazing. And one thing I really loved was your vulnerability on TikTok because you often are teaching us, but not long ago, you came on and you were like, I am triggered. So let's do this. And you showed us you triggered because normally you're this very calm, soft presence. 
And it was really refreshing to see you come on and be vulnerable and authentic in a way a lot of people aren't. Can you tell us about that? (laughs) The funny thing is, I think two years ago was the first time I had a video that went over like a hundred thousand views and that, so, you know, it took about a day and a half and it, and it was like up to that, like a hundred thousand views. And I wanted to delete the app. (laughs) I, my, one of my, and, and, and I had, I had done enough work at this point on myself that I knew, you know, that was a part of me and that it, it, when it was a protective part, right. Because I, I was, I was raised in a very, um, shame-based environment and in, in a very, the world is out to get you. And that part of me, right. This, 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 you know, 14 year old girl that was still in here when that, when that first video was like, got up to those views, that 14 year old was like, they're going to find you out. Like they're going to, they're going to like, somebody's going to want to tear you down. It was that, that like the better you do, the prettier you are, the more you do this, like people are going to be out to get you like that, that the world is an unsafe place. And I, in that, and in this work that I've done, like I, you know, I held space for that 14 year old me in here. And I also said that might be true. Like maybe so. And maybe not because for as many people that will do that, there are two or three that are out there saying, yes, tell me more. Me too. Oh my gosh. I thought I was the only one. So I kept hold of that and, and learning how to hold space for two truths at once has been the thing that has propelled me forward in my own life and in being able to do that. And I think for me, you know, I, I, I'm also cognizant of like, there, there are people who will see that who have been a part of my life before. And that is a scary thing. And it, and it definitely like, it's still there, I guess, is, is what I want people to know. It's not like, I don't still hear the things like, what does that look like? How, how will it be perceived by others? Like that voice is still in the back of my head. However, it is not the loudest voice anymore. And that has been a big shift where it's like that now is the quietest voice. And there is this essence of people need to know this and not in it, not in a cognitive way, but in a way that they are able to actually witness it and experience it and embody it. And the only way to do that is to be honest. And for me, I realized I I don't want to be a persona. Like I, I have no desire to be like, you know, again, like this perfectly curated person. I have no desire to do that because I, I have tried that again. It's like that, that goes against everything that I'm trying to do. I I've tried to curate a lifestyle. I've tried to curate a persona over and over and over again. And the only way to find freedom in this is to one, not be, you know, the same way that I am not torn down by the the comments that are like this is stupid or you know whatever like somebody said the other day that um that we're that feeling our feelings sensations are a learned behavior (laughs) okay 
<laughs> I've learned to not really like, I don't hold on to those. And that means that I can't hold on to all of the praises either. Like I can't validate myself in this comment section and then also expect not to be taken down by like the one or two or three other comments. So that's, that's kind of like the tricky area, but for the most part I've held on to, I want to be honest in a way that is it in connection? I don't want to be out here by myself. I want to be out here in the battlefield, right? With other people in the arena. Like, okay, we see each other. We're in this together. Like, yes, me too. I'm not the only one. And I think that, yeah, that was a really hard thing to do. It was hard to cut. And, and I had been thinking about it for a while. Like when I'm in one of these experiences, I just need to like hit, hit record and go with it. And it honestly, I think to a certain extent in that moment felt natural because I have been also saying it out loud. Like I, I talk through that in front of my kids. So when I am experiencing something, I will, they need to see that behavior modeled. So I have been kind of doing that same thing. So to hit record, it was like, Hey, all my friends, like, I'm going to show you the same thing that I've been showing my kids kind of. Well, you know, I think it was for me, at least perfect timing that you had done that. Cause number one, it was so beautiful because your energy was completely different when the screen came on to when you were like, okay, now I'm done. I was like, Whoa. And for you to post that, cause I'd been listening to you for months at that point, but I hadn't really had the bravery to do what you were actually telling us to do. And so it was not long after that, that I had this terrifying experience and the next day was drowning. And I was like, but Melissa did it this way and it's okay to be messy. And I'm just going to, and I just got up and I talked myself through it just like you did on the screen. Like, where do I feel it? What does my body want? Like everything you modeled and you had been telling us, but for some reason, for me, it was most powerful when you let us see it because then it was okay for me to get up and be messy and talk myself through it the same way you did. So I appreciate that. Yeah, we're not so far away from each other, I, you know, even if we are in the world or even if I, I think that's been a big thing for me for a while too, like he being able to hear other people in their honesty. And I, th there was a study done on this where, um, the rate of depression amongst women rose astronomically when, uh, washing machines were introduced in the household. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and Right because we used to go and quote unquote air our dirty laundry. Oh, wow. So when you are saying to another woman, right? Like if I'm explaining that I'm feeling the same way that they've been feeling, then they no longer are looking and saying, oh, well, if I had her body, right? Because then it's like, she feels the exact same way I do. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, oh, well, if I only had her house and it's like, oh, she feels the same way I do. We stop chasing these things that we think are going to work because we've literally heard from each other. Like, no, me too. Here's what I'm doing. Or here's what's happening here. Right. That like airing our dirty laundry. And and I, I, I have honestly caught a lot of flack for that. Not, not as much in recent years, but a couple years ago from my own family, right? Where it's like that tenderness and vulnerability were not 
cherished. And, you know, I was raised in an Italian Catholic family where you do not talk about things that happen in the family. And I mean, this is generational, generational trauma, right? You you do not tell this to other people. And you're like, you know, I tell them. Right? Like, <laughs> so, so that, you know, that was something that was something for them to move through too, where it's like, oh, she's out here telling everybody. I'm just out here telling everybody everything. And, uh, you know, and, and that's like, even finding, finding the the sweet spot for me personally in that where it's like, oh, I can share some of that stuff, but then, um, you know, I might find some other things that are like too intimate yeah, <laughs> where it's yeah, like, yeah. I can tell the whole world about this very like personal vulnerable thing, but then, you know, ask me to, to share something I like deeply and personally love to, to even my husband. And it's like, I can, I can stutter stuff through that. So it's like, I still have my stuff to work on too. (laughs) Well, talk to us a little bit about holding two truths. You said that a moment ago, and I have noticed for me personally in this last year, that's been a big part of my healing journey is learning that not everything is black and white. Two things can be true at the same time. So tell us about that. So there's a really, years ago, I read, um, Bonte Gunaratana, it's the book's called mindfulness in plain English. And at the very beginning, he talks about this, this pursuit that we're on and, you know, we're, we're mindlessly, I think is the word that he used. We're mindlessly pursuing pleasure and running away from pain and discomfort. And it was like, for me, when I heard that it was, it, it you know, of course, coming from a personal training background, I, I envisioned being on a treadmill and that was something that I never liked. Like I like to be outside. I did not, I do not like to be like stationary. Right. And I was like, what if I just stepped off the treadmill? Like, like what would happen if I just stepped, if I wasn't running after pleasure and if I wasn't running from pain, and I just stepped off. Like, do I have the space and capacity for pleasure and pain? And for me personally, I realized it was joy and grief. Like I didn't know how to be happy when I had, I was still carrying around all this pain. And my pursuit, right, was to get rid of the pain so that I can be happy. When then, when I get to this point, then I will do this. When I do that, then I will have this, right? When I get past. And I realized that my work was to experience joy and grief at the same time. Like, do I have the space and the capacity to feel both of those things at the same time? And the answer is, of course, that's, that's what I needed to do the whole time. And it wasn't that like, it's the same feeling that I had, you know, I used to, I used to get these long stretches between struggle times for lack of a better word, right? Like that, that wet, heavy blanket of depression, you wake up and you're like, I I literally can't pull it off of me. And I, I started to do this work and I started to do healing and, and regulation. And I would have these big stretches of time where, where I didn't experience that. And then you know, I don't, maybe I was triggered in my sleep. I don't know. And I would wake up with it again and it would be like, oh, 
I'm a, uh, not for nothing. You know what I mean? Like this, this work has been, here I go again. Oh, I messed up. Like, uh, when is this ever going to stop? And it's that I stopped pursuing that. My goal was not, how do I never feel this way again? And when I let go of that goal, it was like instant freedom. Like my, that's not my goal. My goal is how, how do I go from there to where I want to be? Like, how do I get back to myself? Right. How do I reclaim myself in from those moments? Like what's, how do I close the gap between when I experience it and when I get back to regulated and grounded and centered? So it's like that I can do both. I can be both. I can have both. I can experience all of these different things at the same time. It's, it's very much like, you know, if you have kids, right. When they're like, you're so excited to see them grow up. And then you also have this like hint of like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's holding those things at the same time. And and that's where I think people get really confused because they think of peace. They confuse the word peace with bliss. Like we say, I I want, I just want peace and I want ease, but we keep thinking that looks like bliss Mm. or we look, we confuse regulated with calm. Mm, That's true. Calm. Regulated means connected. I can feel everything when I'm regulated. I'm still mad when I'm regulated. I can still be sad. I can still experience the same thing with peace. Peace is the ability to feel the broad spectrum of emotions and be able to respond instead of react. That's regulation, right? So it's like, I can do, I can hold all of these things. Well, and I want you to give uh, listeners a couple of examples, because for me, this whole concept of holding two different things was very, very foreign. But over time, slowly, as I watched other people give examples, I learned, for example, one of mine would be my grandmother was a very mean alcoholic and she loved us the best she could. And those two things are both true and it's okay that they're both true. And so I could hold her now in a better container than I once could. I could hold the meanness and the love and it made more sense to me. So will you give us a couple of those kind of just, if you were going to put it in a sentence, the peace and the regulation, like what would two truths be that, that listeners could take? I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on the spot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the first thing that I thought was you, you can be traumatized and heal. Yes. I love that. (laughs) And, and, and I will say this, even in an environment, there are aspects of my life that are still very, um, that are still very traumatizing. I, I, there are aspects of my life where I cannot remove the person or I cannot remove the experience and you can still heal in granted. It's very complex. Like it's very nuanced and you can heal within that environment. I love that. And because that's what I could never understand. I could never wrap my brain around how two things could be true until I started seeing other people say this and this. You know, I saw someone on TikTok Mm -hmm. say, my parents did the best they could 
and they hurt me very badly. And both of those things can be true. It's, 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 the emphasis there is on the word and, and this is one of the easiest ways to start practicing this is to remove, but from your Mm. sentences. So switching out and for, but, and, and this, this is as simple as, you know, I, uh, you know, I went on vacation and, and it was wonderful and the hotel and da, 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 but my flights were all delayed and, and my, you know, the food at this place, if you swap out, but for, and you're retraining that like equal playing field that holding two truths at once, like this part, this could be shitty and this could be amazing. And they could do that at the same time. Right. One thing that you hear when people are, are, are expecting children, right? I'm so excited, but I'm terrified. I don't feel like I'm ready. And if you just swap out and if you catch yourself in, in real time, if you hear it, take that pause and say, let me say that again. And we're, we're retraining the brain. And this is, I mean, neurologically speaking, if we go, we've, we've adopted a negativity bias culturally, right? Like our, our brains have adapted to like the negative sticks to us and the other stuff kind of like slides off the, and, and in true nature of our culture, our fix for that was like, let's just do the complete opposite. Like, <laughs> let's, let's emphasize the positive and negate the negative and like, that'll work. <laughs> And and here, you know, we've made our way to toxic positivity now where nobody has space for a negative. And it's like, we can't even share, you know, oh my gosh, if I think the negative thoughts, then I, that I'm going to create that reality. Like we've, we've, we've shifted, we've swung the pendulum all the way to the other side. Instead, if we gave them an equal playing field and said this and this, right, this and this, I messed up. And I did my best. I love it. This was true. Right. And I'm healing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, yeah. I love it. And I think that's one of the best explanations. That's why I tell everyone they've got to follow you because you have the ability to take these concepts that we may not be familiar with and break them down to where they make absolute sense and they're easy and actionable. That is one reason I think your content is so relatable. So what is your type? Are you a therapist? Are you, what are you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It'd be easier to say like what I, what I haven't done or tried. Um, So master of social work, yoga therapist. I have, uh, so yoga therapist is 800 hours of yoga therapy. I have 300 hours of yoga psychology. I have my 200 hour yoga teacher training. I have a professional certificate of personal training. I'm a doula. I have a corrective exercise specialty. Wow. <laughs> I have a poly applied polyvagal theory certification and an integrative um, somatic trauma therapy certification. I think that's covering most of them. Wow. You are more phenomenal than I imagined. 
Well, I, it's more like I had, uh, when the question prompted in my head or like something happened for me personally, it was like, what do I need to do for myself here? And then I learned it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I need to, you know, it, it, they, they, I think they all started originally as self studies and just kind of took on a life of their own. Nice. Tell us about your retreats. Cause I want to go on one of your retreats one of these days. So I know you just got back from Hawaii and it looks like in July, you have a five day retreat. So tell us about those. Yeah. So I have a three day retreat, three night retreat coming up in West Virginia in April. I have a five night retreat in July in Maine, a seven day retreat in Costa Rica in October. And then I'll be back in Hawaii at the beginning of 2024. Um, I started hosting retreats in 2017 was the first one that I did in Hawaii. And I love working with people and I love working one-on-one with people. And that's where it's like, you know, my, my heart is so connected to that. And, you know, I meet with people on zoom and I have this course and this community, but there is something so spectacular about immersing yourself in the experience. Like truly you, you pull away from your day-to-day regular stuff. Right. And, and you have this break from like doing all of the things and cooking all of the food and cleaning the house and and like, right. You pull back from all of these things and you immerse yourself in the practices. And it's kind of like this snowball effect. I, I tell people all the time, it's like, it's, it's like a vacation. Cause you're, you know, you're having a vacation, but you don't go home exhausted. You go home with these like long-term benefits where you then like snowball off of that. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm taking these practices home. I've like really got my footing. And then that, that kind of like, I'm just going to keep going in that trajectory. So retreats have this really beautiful, effect on people. And there it's been such a cool experience because every time it's the exact right people and in the exact right space, like I've never once, I, people are always like, well, what about this? What do you do this? Do you screen? And I'm like this, the, the people show up that are meant to be there. And it has been an amazing experience every time. So is it just somatic exercises or, or how, what goes on? So it's a little bit of everything. And it also, I, I build it off of the people who are coming as well. Like it depends on where you are and, and you know, what your practices look like right now. And then it, it kind of like builds off of the people who are coming. So we do a little bit of, we work on mending your relationship with food. We work on mending your relationship with your body. We work on somatic exercises, somatic experiencing, and a really regulation strategies that are applicable. Like how, how can you, when you go home, (laughs) do you have a toolkit, right? Like, do you, are you, do you feel like you are equipped? Like I have, I have a tool belt now that I'm walking around with through my life where I know like, ah. okay, this is where I can apply this. Uh, here's my maintenance plan. Like, here's how I'm going to take care of myself a little bit every day. Here's what I would use in crisis. Like, here's what I use in this. So you have this like tool belt. It's a figurative rent one, right? I'm not actually sending you home with a tool belt. However, you, you feel like I am equipped. 
And I do the same thing when I'm working one-on-one with people. And I, I tell people all the time, like, I have, I do not, um, I don't want this to be like, oh, I've been working with her for eight years. <laughs> like, my, my ultimate goal is to render myself useless. Like I, I want to stay connected with people, of course, and, and, and be there to support them and be there as a safe container. However, I ultimately don't want to work with people long-term. Like I, and it's not me, right? Like I am, I'm your like sous chef, you're the chef chef. And I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, maybe try a little bit of this or a little bit more of that. Like, you know, (laughs) how do we figure this out based off of you and your personal life? So retreats are like a combination of all of it. It's, it's how you would move through your day at home. However, we're usually doing it in beautiful spaces with really delicious food. And I want to come to the Maine one so bad. I've always wanted to go to Maine. And I looked at that and I was like, Maine with her would be perfect. So oh, I don't yeah. know if I'll be able to make it or not, but. Park. Oh yeah. Oh, it's definitely yes. on my wish list. So do you normally go to the same places each year or do you change it up? Hawaii is the only place that is the same place each year. And that is um, my you know, when I, when I go there, I, you, I've gone to the same, the same retreat center. The owners are incredible. They're, they are uh, a couple who are such a dear friends. They are 71 and 73. They hike and surf and yoga and bike every day. <laughs> and it is, uh, that that's my one, you know, I, 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 when I walk in there, it's always like, welcome home, you know, and, and everyone that has been to that, that space with me says the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, this, I feel, I feel at home here. And I feel this, this amazing connection to, to these people. So it's, that's the, that's the, that's the one I will, you will always find me there in January or February. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, where else can people find you? And do you work with people that find you on TikTok? Yeah, absolutely. I, a lot of my clients have found me from TikTok and, um, I, I guess that's where, you know, I have a client in, uh, Australia and I'm in West Virginia (laughs) and there's, um, and clients in the UK and clients from all over. And that, I think that's been the most exciting experience from TikTok that the, you really find your people on there. I think <laughs> and it's like, you're, you know, you're, you're put in front of your, your tribe of people. So I work with people from all over. Um, my framework is a little different than what you would find in like a traditional therapy session, because I, um, I only work with so many people one-on-one at a time so that I can actually really like nurture that um, experience. It's not just like, oh, we're going to talk this week and then like, okay, see you next week. And then you spend 30 minutes of your session trying to like spew everything that's happened in a week. We, we stay in contact and moving through what we're doing. So it's like, I give people homework and actual practices and tangible. I mean, you, you see, it's just like my content, right? Like I'm never just saying like, this, this, and this, and then don't give a thing to do. It's like, okay, and here you go. (laughs) Here's the practice. So it's a lot of that. And more importantly, it's, I want people, if it's, you know, we're like, okay, here's the plan. Here's the practice. And in a day or two, they're, they're finding resistance to it, or they're not doing it, or they're like, it's not working. I have this space where it's like, I want to hear that. 
And when I say I have zero desire to tell people to work harder, I mean like none, zero, like a negative 20 desire to say, try art, keep trying, work harder. I want to be like, I might not know the answer, but let me come up with two or three other ways to try this. Let me figure it out. Like, let's figure this out together. And we're going to find what actually fits into your daily life. Like things that you, you know, they, yes, they're challenging, but that you will actually do because there's not a, there is no framework. And if somebody tells you that there is, they are lying. <laughs> there is no framework for healing. It's not like, here's the road. I can tell you a bunch of things that I've done. I can tell you a bunch of things that other people have done that may work. There is no one thing that works for all people. So there is that element of trial and error. And there is that element of you need to be able to tell your therapist or your coach or whoever, no, <laughs> that doesn't work for me. That's not aligned to me. I don't, I, you got to give me something else. I love that. So um, I know on TikTok, your handle is uh, Reclaiming Melissa. Is that across the board where they would be able to find you? Reclaiminghealthy.com is my website. Okay. And same, same concept, right? I want people to reclaim what healthy actually means to them and, and not just, you know, this concept that that a bunch of different people have said it means a bunch of different things or has to look a certain way. Um, so reclaiminghealthy.com is at my website, Melissa at reclaiminghealthy.com is my email address. Um, and reclaiming Melissa is all my social handles. Well, you know, speaking of healthy, one thing I have learned, because I've struggled with my weight my whole life, but once I started healing and started really practicing self-love and, and for me, that doesn't necessarily mean pedicures. It can include that doesn't necessarily mean baths. It can include that. Um, but I'm finding that without even trying the weights beginning to come off, do you find that with your clients, just a process of oh, loving ourselves? Percent. And I, and I think that even that concept, like when people hear, you know, I, I, sometimes the practice is like, same thing with body positivity. Sometimes the practice actually starts with neutrality. Like, how can I be body neutral? How can I, you know, we don't go from self-hatred to self-love. We go right. from self-hatred to neutral. So then, <laughs> and maybe, maybe scooting our way into, into self-love. But I have found, you know, when I worked as a personal trainer in the, and the whole, the whole component was weight loss and you know, people really had to like struggle, literally struggle through it. Whereas now I see people not to say that we don't ever do anything with the body, but I see it happening with ease when the weight is put on the back burner. And, and if you think about it from the perspective of like, you didn't think about gaining weight, like you didn't, that wasn't your focus, your, your point, you know, you weren't like every single day thinking I need to, I need to put on weight. I need to put on weight. But then we use that tactic when we want it to come off and it's like, put that on the back burner because it's a byproduct. Like it's mm -hmm. always been a byproduct of other things. So let it be a byproduct of what and how you're treating yourself now. And, and that's where, that's why I say like the, a lot of times the way we need to lose is not measurable on a scale. And when we are able to unpack that figurative backpack, the literal weight also comes off. 
Well, I thought my therapist was crazy a year ago when she was like, I don't want you thinking about weight. I don't want you counting calories. I want you moving the way it feels good to move. I don't care what exercise you're doing. You don't even have to do it every day. And I was like, are you out of your mind? Because I had spent years counting and calculating and all this. And I thought I'm going to end up gaining, you know, a thousand pounds. But she was right. What I didn't realize is you're exactly right. She was leading me to neutrality, then to acceptance where, and it's so funny because I am a 500 hour yoga instructor and I have a studio and I'm constantly telling my students like, now notice if this side of your body is tighter than that. Don't judge it. Don't say bad right side, simply notice with curiosity and then honor it. But I could not do that for my own self until this process of healing And now it's actually transformed completely without her telling me to where I'm like, I can, I can do the junk food. I can, but you know, I love myself so much that I really feel like I need a salad or I really feel like I need this chicken breast, which was never what I did before. So you're, you're absolutely right. Listeners, you got to get to neutrality, acceptance, and then love yourself. I just don't like when women yeah. think that self-love is pedicures and salon. It can be That's part of it. Baths and all of yes. that. No, it, no, 100%. It's like it, there, it, th- we talk a lot about reparenting. And I think that that is the highest form of love that we sometimes can offer ourselves. Like, you know, I, I would, I always, <laughs> I said in our, in my group, um, I put like the long acronym for what would my future self want me to do? what would tomorrow me want me to do tonight like yeah about that right like you know what would what would next week me want me to do right now and this that like one of I teach I teach uh, a lot of like body integrated psychotherapy so so one of the practices is that like reparenting yourself and one of the sayings that we use a lot is sometimes I will tell you no and that's because I love you <laughs> okay it's something that we like that we desire to hear as children right like sometimes I, we we love boundaries we do love them especially when we get them in healthy ways and I, I use that with myself all of the time where, you know, when I, these like less than stellar skills, or if I'm having a bad time and and my, my old way was like, you know, that if I got a flat tire, if something bad went, went wrong in my day, then I would like run around and, and slash all the other tires. Like that would be, I just like, Oh, Day's over, day's done. I'm just gonna like eat with reckless abandon and da 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 da, you know. And now when I get that feeling, it's that like sometimes I will tell you no, and that's because I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And and there's nothing that I don't eat. I'm not like I don't restrict anything though. And and I think that that's what people are afraid of. They're like, if I have no, if I don't diet, if I don't restrict something. And if I don't, you know, if I don't like pull myself in, then I I will just be a wild person. Like I'll eat with reckless abandon and I'll never move my body. And it's like, do you think that your body actually doesn't want to move? Like, do you really think that your body, it's a, it's a biological imperative. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and you know, my therapist was right when she said, don't tell yourself, no, don't count. Don't do anything. She was, and what she said is if your inner child wants it, give it to you. And I was like, my inner child wants cookies. She was like, then give it to her because she's not going to want as many as you think she does. And so I started really just being like, cause I really thought inner child was BS until I found this therapist and, and she really explained it to me in a way that I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense actually. But she was right. Because I would give the inner child that cookie or maybe two. And then I'd be like, mm, any more is going to make my tummy hurt, which I had never done before. But my inner child knew any more and your tummy's going to hurt. Quit. But if you refuse that, like if it's not, if it's like, I am going to, I'm, I'm holding this, you know, it's, we are, we are toddlers and adult bodies. <laughs> like that's end of story. So when it's like, I'm going to. I'm going to put this cookie on the shelf and you're never allowed to eat these. Like, no, 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 no. Like you can't have it. You need to change your body. You need to do this. Like it is scientifically proven that restriction is a main cause of binge eating. Mm. Right. Because if you're like, no, 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 no. And that desire keeps growing, what's going to happen. But if you're like, I'm going to eat one. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to eat a cookie because I'm in the mood. Like people are like, what do you do? What do you do if you want ice cream? And I'm like, uh, I get ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do if you want chips? Uh, I eat some chips. You know, we're and and these things are natural, natural. Like we've naturally can do this. That is a part of what was taken away from us. And and it's kind of like this mistrust in, in self. And that is the biggest thing. It's the same thing. Like if, if there are other people like me, like when we were, when I was talking about self-agency, if there were, are other people like me and all they focus on is the behavior, right? Like if, if, if somebody had said, you know, let me help you reclaim your self-agency and all they focused on was like my helping behavior, like stop stop living for others stop if they focused on that they would have missed the gaping hole that was the loss of sense of self and that Mm. was the whole thing and if it's food right that food and alcohol are, are are two most popular and accepted coping skills we are we have like 21st century problems and caveman coping skills. It's like food, alcohol. That's pretty much it. That's what we witness in childhood. And that's what, you know, what else happens is, you know, we're, we're, we're three or four years old. I saw this at the park a couple of years ago with my little one. And this little girl walks up to the rock wall. She's probably three years old and it's, there's a rock wall on the playground equipment and she walks up and, and she starts to climb it and her caregiver comes and pulls her off and says, no, you can't do that. And she said, yeah, I can do it. She said, no, you'll get hurt. And, you know, she sits her down and she walks on her way. And in my mind, I thought that's where it starts. That little girl knew that she was capable of doing that. But then this person who she completely depends on said, no, you'll get hurt. And that mistrust, right? Like I said earlier, the voice, like that, that voice got turned down and then the voice of the outside world got turned up and it's the same food is is your relationship with food is a metaphor for your relationship with the rest of life and if you keep putting the emphasis on it on the food right it's not about the food 
It's mm -hmm. never been about the food. It's not about the helping behaviors. It's not about the discipline. It's not about, none of it has ever been about that. It is your relationship with self and the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm going to ask this, but I think you just already did it. Is there anything you'd like to leave listeners with, but really that would be the perfect ending point, unless you can just think of something else. Cause that was beautiful. I, thank you. The, that, and you already are, you already are, you already have the answers. You already are the person that you want to be. You already have everything that you need to do it. It is that still small voice that you can't quite hear yet, that the volume is really, really low. And, you know, as you turn down the volume of the rest of the world and you turn that volume up, you'll, you'll start to see before you know it, right? You, you already are, you always were, you have everything that you need to do, be, and have anything that you want. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening this week. I appreciate each of you so much and I would love to connect with you. So number one, we're doing a free giveaway. If you will review this podcast, screenshot your review and post it on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok and tag me in it, you will be entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. This drawing is good from now until the end of April. So the first week in May, we'll be having the drawing for the $50 Amazon gift card. Again, you can screenshot your review and just post it to social media, tagging me in it. So I can be sure to enter you into the drawing. On Instagram, you can find me at the Random Yogi Podcast. On Facebook and TikTok, I'm at the Random Yogi. Also, please connect with me on social media because I do go live at least once a week to try to connect with listeners live. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed any of our episodes, please tell one friend about us. Thank you for joining us this week. Please support the Random Yogi Podcast at patreon.com to get bonus content and merchandise. Please join us again next week. And thank you for listening. Thank you.